0: I'm Danielle Fetter. I'm Alexandra Lee, and we're the co-hosts of Partial View Podcast.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Partial View Podcast, and we're here today bringing you our 2023 end-of-year wrap-up episode. Because guess what? We made it to December let's it not happened. jinx it we're recording this really early in december so no we made it to december jury's out if we make it through december
0: yeah that's true this episode will also be coming out before the end of december so really anything can happen
1: yeah let us know when this episode drops of where you are on the existential
0: dread meter
1: we're pretty high ourselves right now it's yeah what a But year. you know
0: what a year What a year. Just a couple things we want to chat about before we really get into it. We're going to do our year-end wrap-up for you this week. But before that, we wanted to let you all know that we are taking a little bit of a winter break after the holidays, and we plan to come back mid-January. It'll either
1: be on January 18th or January 25th. Keep an eye out on our social media to find Mm -hmm. out exactly when it'll be. Until then, you can keep up with Partial View and me and Alex on not only our social media in general, but specifically our Patreon, which you can find at www.patreon.com slash partialviewpod because we will be posting some fun bonus content on our Patreon Some of it will be available to all free followers and members, but some will only be available to our paid patrons at any tier. So take this opportunity. Follow us on Patreon, whether it's for free or whether you are compelled to join us at a paid tier. We would love to have you. We're really building it out, and, and then we'll see you at, towards the end of January, mid to end of January, with a new episode in 2024, What Fresh Hell Awaits Us All.
0: <laughs> Is that the title of the episode now? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> what Fresh Hell. What, indeed. Great. You're like, how do I follow that? Why don't we talk a little bit about what we've been enjoying that might not be in, uh, part of our year-end wrap-up? Danielle, do you you have something you've been enjoying that we're not going to chat about today?
1: Yes. It's not so much a, like, been enjoying as much as it's something I enjoyed, which is that I finally saw Titanic. Yes! And what a joy that was. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jackie Burns. I mean, also, like, I love that. So it's both Jackie Burns is playing Celine Dion Mm -hmm. and... Lindsay Pierce is playing Rose so it is just this like stellar duo of former Alphabuzz mm-hmm. belting Celine Dion and uh it is fabulous I had a
0: great time I think about that show more than you would expect and spoiler alert it is actually on my year-end wrap-up God, the entire vibe of just being in that theater is everything. Everyone go see Titanic. Oh, again, I've talked, we talked about it, I think when I shouted out Jackie Burns, but open-ended run at the Daryl Roth Theater. So get your tickets.
1: Yeah, I don't know how long the current cast is staying. That's true. But recommended regardless. Really, truly, um, you will have a blast. There's uh merch... Oh, yeah, the merch is great. There's a sweatshirt that you can buy that just says iceberg, bitch. And uh,
0: I'm into it. What about you, Alex? What have you been enjoying? Oh, mine's easy. My favorite show came back from the dead. That is Doctor Who, Mm. which goes on hiatus for lengthy amounts of time. And so far, I'm not, I shouldn't go into the nitty gritty of it. But essentially, they're (laughs) doing a series of special episodes before they go into their whole new season. And okay, It's a really big deal right now because they're doing three specials with two actors who used to be on the show, David Tennant, Catherine Tate,
1: Mm -hmm. God love
0: them. And so far they have aired two of the specials. The third is coming up. By the time this episode comes out, it will actually have already aired. So if anyone listening to this has any Doctor Who feelings, please let me know because I'm always down to talk about Doctor Who. Anyway, and then there's going to be a special on Christmas... And that'll kind of kick off the new season, which is coming next year. That's fun. I have really enjoyed the first two episodes. I wouldn't say that like either one of them was really like a slam dunk for me, but it's been really fun to see both these characters come back. And they've also brought back the man who originally brought back Doctor Who from the dead in 2005 to main writer or showrunner again. So Russell Davies. So um it just has, like, this very fun feeling that is also kind of reminding me, like, why I got into Doctor Who in the first place ten years ago. It's just, it's just been really great. The first episode I thought was pretty good, and the second episode scared me half to death. And to me, that means it was a good special. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what's making me happy right now is just the grin that I got on my face when I heard that theme song again. Oh, man. Yay. Once you're a Hoovian, you never stop being a Hoovian. I don't care what angry people on the internet say. Yeah, that's what's making me very happy. Yay. Okay, so first we're going to talk about plays and some of the plays that we thought were the best we saw this year. We've kind of split it into new plays and revivals, though. I'm just going to say that like what you can qualify as a revival versus a new play can get kind of sticky, but we're just going to roll with it. My top three new plays that I love this year, I'm going to say are Our Dear Dead Drug Lord by Alexis Shear, which I saw at a center theater group in LA. Um, Not really a premiere but I'm still counting it as a new play. It's a contemporary play. Certainly not a revival. Certainly not a revival. Yeah, it's just making the rounds regionally. And thought that that was wonderful. Also, shout out to Alexis, who has been on the pod. Um, I also truly, truly loved I'm Gonna Marry You, Toby McGuire, <laughs> By Samantha Hurley, which... We saw at The Cell, and I really, truly, like, the, the, the play that I loved the most this year that we have shouted about on this podcast before is Just For Us. It uh, had its Broadway premiere this year. It's written and performed by Alex Edelman. May have changed the way that I look at stand-up comedy forever. So those are the new plays that I was most excited about this year. And then I'm also going to shout out a couple of revivals that I thought were really like standout. We saw Endgame by Samuel Beckett at Irish Rep and thought it was like truly great. Uh, this, also, Danielle and I together saw uh, <laughs> Pearly Victorious, a non Confederate romp through the cotton patch, which is actually currently Pearly Victorious is still on Broadway as of this recording coming out, so highly recommend if you have not yet seen it, that you try and get a ticket. And then I think my favorite revival that I saw this year, because I am nothing if not a Fiasco Theatre Company stan, was The Night of the Burning Pestle, which was a co-pro of Fiasco and Red Bull Theatre Company off-Broadway. And it was hilarious it was like they breathed so much life into that script cannot wait to see what they do next fiasco is actually going to be off broadway with pericles a classic stage company um in early 2024 and i cannot wait what about you danielle what plays did you see this year that really stood out to you so the first
1: one i didn't know whether to put under newer revival sure it's the first thing I saw in 2023. And because it, like, technically had just started running pre-pandemic. And then, okay. like, or it ran off-Broadway pre-pandemic and transferred post-pandemic. But uh, that is Leopoldstadt. Mm. Yeah. I generally like Tom Stoppard, mm-hmm. um, which I know I have a lot of, like, friends who disagree with me on that. But Leopold Statt was just beautiful. The performances were unbelievable. And... It really stands out to me even though it was almost a year ago that i saw it next for new play gotta shout out our friend julia Zumi's play regretfully mm-hmm. so the birds are that ran at playwrights horizons yes. i loved it i had such a great time and then the third one i selected
0: actually is we we overlap here it's just for us just for us yes um, I will say that because I'm extra, I also have honorable mentions for mine, and Leopold Stadt was an honorable mention for me.
1: I'm going to marry you, Toby McGuire would be an honorable yeah. mention for me.
0: So good. Both so good.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything more to say about Just For Us because I think you really, like, how would I possibly top you saying that it may have changed your opinion about stand-up comedy forever? Yeah, seriously. that's high praise. Truly. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Tell us your revivals. Again, I guess, like, first of all, I didn't see as much as I usually see this Mm -hmm. year. I was just really busy and traveled a lot and it just didn't didn't see as much as usual. So, I will say uh t- some tops are and these before I said them in chronological order, now I'm not. i I'm abandoning that. But Hamlet at the delacorte Shakespeare in the Park, Over I'm the Summer. So
0: jealous you saw that. I just didn't get was a
1: chance. so wonderful. Um Blankson Wood as Hamlet is just spectacular. And let's see, then I also loved, you know, I saw Take Me Out for Mm. a like final time, essentially. (laughs) I had seen it already and seen this production already, but I brought my dad for his birthday early last year because or early this year, I guess, because he's a huge baseball fan and I thought he would enjoy it. And he did. But so I was I was happy to see it again. And then, and then I'll also say we'll overlap again on Endgame because that play just doesn't get done very often. So it was just so great to see it and to yeah. see it in a production that really understood it.
0: Hmm. I think that if um, I would seen Take Me Out this year, which I didn't, I actually saw it at the end of last year. It would have been on my best of list. Uh, that was a really, really strong, beautiful production. Definitely.
1: Um, and then for musicals. Mm-hmm. My favorite new musicals were actually very easy. (laughs) We've got Kimberly Akimbo, which we forget actually opened earlier this year. Yeah. Obviously had run off Broadway, but Kimberly Akimbo, New York, New York. Oh, yes. Honestly, it made it. It made it. And, And Juliet. Yeah. Loved them. Just... I love musical theater. Like, purely... All of them have moments of such pure musical theater entertainment.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. In very different ways. In
1: super different ways. And also have moments of, like, really powerful musical theater, like, heartstring tugging. Mm Mm-hmm. That they, I think all three shows balanced heart and, like, not irreverence, but just it, they all, like, struck
0: a really nice balance for me. Those three shows also had um, dynamite female leads, I think, all three mm-hmm. of them as well. I'm thinking specifically of Lorna Courtney and Anne Juliette. Although I saw
1: Lorna Courtney's understudy.
0: Oh, well, I do think Lorna Courtney is terrific. But also Betsy Wolfe and Anne Juliette. Mm-hmm. New York, New York. Anna Uzile. Yes. Was just, I, I still think that that was one of my favorite performances of the year. Um, and then Kimberly Akimbo, obviously. like Obviously, Victoria Clark and Bonnie Milligan. Both of them. Incredible. So like, yeah, three really strong, terrific picks. And then what about revivals for you?
1: So for musical revivals, Merrily, because is anyone surprised? Obviously. <laughs> and then Light in the Piazza at City Center and Sweeney Todd, uh, but specifically with Nicholas Christopher on as Sweeney and Raymond Lee on as Pirelli which is
0: who I saw and I don't want it any other way so first of all we do overlap on a couple things I mean my top musical everyone who listens to this podcast knows is Anne Juliet like I think it's
1: limit level well, I was gonna say let me let me guess um your favorite <laughs> revival this year was Oliver
0: oh god <laughs> <laughs> I still cannot uh, whatever moving on But I also wanted to shout out Titanic, which, again, so funny, so fun. So gets the vibe, gets their audience. Great cast. Amazing. And truthfully, the other musical, like the other top musical for me this year, I bet you won't guess it, but it was a musical about Star Wars. I believe it's still, as of this this recording coming out, I believe it's still running um, off Broadway. And it is truly so fun it is for even if you aren't into star wars i think it's a really fun time um and if you are into star wars it's still a really fun time but get like be prepared for some of the bullshit of star wars to be called out like the racism the misogyny of the early movies things like that like they call it out they acknowledge it So like get used to that but that cast is incredible too there's only three people in the cast and they're on stage the entire time essentially and killing it. Wow. Every night. Yeah. It's a really, really, really fun time. And again, fun knows fun and knows their audience. I mean, it's funny when you when I think about the my top three musicals and Juliet a musical about Star Wars and Titanic. They're all like super fun, like, almost critiques of theater. Yeah. So like, if you were to talk to me about them, you would probably be like, oh, she doesn't like like serious musicals, like m- some of the more like cerebral stuff. Like, Stephen Sondheim, Kimberly Akimbo, things that go to, like, darker themes. That's not true at all. Like, I'm really surprised that all three things that are top for me are these, like, super fun, let's put on a show type of things. I mean, that tells us uh, how this year went. That's true. I will say for revivals, I did not put Merrilee on my list. Not because I don't love it, but because... It was, like, on my list last year. It's, like, the same production, essentially. That's true. I didn't... I just wanted to give some love to some other things. First off, totally agree with you on The Light in the Piazza. Mm -hmm. I mean, not technically a full production. It's technically a staged reading. Whatever. It's a full production. I
1: mean, it's, like... Encores is pretty damn close to a full production at this point. These days.
0: Also, I saw the Off-Broadway production of little shop of horrors yeah honestly that's a perfect production of little shop of horrors it really is i saw it pre-pandemic no no matter what cast you see it with i think it's a perfect production i saw it with matt doyle's understudy and joy woods and um drew (laughs) Galing, who as the dentist yes oh that's incredible the dentist etc etc loved it and oh i mean we don't need to agree on this danielle and we don't need to get into it too much but my favorite revival i saw was the broadway revival of parade listen for somebody (laughs) who had never seen the show before yes absolutely yeah yeah absolutely like that is the revival i saw that has stuck with me the most that's because the show is fucking perfect the show well the show is perfect and there were moments that i really that really got me um i didn't completely agree with every choice that was made but there were a lot of moments that i can still clearly remember that really brought up extremely visceral emotion Mm -hmm. and it it drew me in in a way that like i think is really hard to do with older material you know like if you're breathing life into something even if it's as rich as parade like it can be hard to do that and i'll say that sweeney todd was one of my honorable mentions i didn't completely love this revival but I will agree that it was quite good. Quite, quite good. Yeah.
1: I you know, like, the choreography was very divisive for a lot of people. I liked it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I hated it.
0: So, you know. To each their own. To each their own. I have a f- couple other shout outs I just wanted to, to give. Mm-hmm. I have, like, some set designs shout outs, which I find very interesting. It. I wanted to s- shout out the set design for Pearly Victorious on Broadway, yeah. but like also the overall design for Back to the Future, the musical, like, okay, that was a feat. Like, and so I wanted to shout out that that really worked for me this year. I also really wanted to shout out Anthony Raps Without You, which we saw together earlier this year, ran at New World Stages for pretty, like a pretty long time. Yeah, it was there for a number of months. And both like the construction of it and the performance of it, we're just fantastic. It's just so heartfelt. And I also wanted to shout out Anna Zalveson for an incredible New York debut in The Light in the Piazza at City Center Encores. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Durand in Shocked. I really loved his performance in Shocked. I had previously only seen him in the unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown like 12 years ago. And just seeing how he's grown as a performer and embodied that character, which I think was actually like quite a nuanced and difficult character to play, despite the tone of the show. I was stunned. I was pretty blown away. So yeah, those are my kind of like set design, I guess, performance shout outs. Do you have anything that we didn't get to talk about that you just want to say you enjoyed? Yeah, so a couple
1: shout outs. One is... Also something that I saw on New Year's Eve last year. So it's like, where does it actually belong? And that was Kate Berlant's show, Kate. Mm, Yes. Just a chef's kiss. So good. (laughs) So, so good. And then if it was still running, I would implore everyone to go see it. But it did close. Mm -hmm. I will also give a shout out to... I saw me finally seeing Mike Birbiglia as the old man in the Mm. pool in Edinburgh. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm glad I caught it. And shout out as well to... So I I, I had seen Town when it first was, I think, in previews on Broadway. Obviously pre-pandemic. And you know what? Hot take? Didn't like it. But I decided with the current cast to give it another shot because my friend won the lotto. So it was inexpensive. And really because Reeve Carney finally left and now Jordan Fisher is playing Orpheus Mm. and Betty Who is playing Persephone. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I will return. I will give this another shot several years later, and I'm so glad I did.
0: It is a good show, and the cast can really make or break that. I'll, I'll admit that.
1: Yeah, no, the cast makes or breaks
0: it. Yeah, I remember feeling similarly when I saw it on tour.
1: And also in the current cast, Solea Pfeiffer is playing. Her, she's excellent. Eurydice, yeah. and she is unbelievable. I'm literally, like, redo the cast album right now with the current cast. Because also, find, like, the the whole central foursome is incredible. I've named three of them. The fourth Philip Boykin mm. is playing Hades. You'll remember Philip Boykin from the revival of Porgy and Bass that Audra McDonald did quite a number of years ago yeah. at this point because we're really old, but
0: he's unbelievable. Is he a true bass? Oh yeah. Okay, because they. I mean, fun fact for anyone who doesn't know, but it's actually even in professional theater. And in professional opera, it's very hard to find a true bass. I, I would say yes. And when I saw Town on tour, they did not have a true bass as Hades. And I talked to somebody who was surprised at that fact and didn't realize how rare it is, but it is actually very rare.
1: Philip Boykin really had a lot of, like, depth to his voice, even in the lowest notes. Like, it was... Beautiful, like there was like a real richness to it, and it wasn't like you could tell it was not even any kind of stretch for him to hit those notes. Yeah, yeah. very. I cool. mean, he's an opera singer. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are those are my big shout outs. Cool, cool. So now we're gonna move on to some of the sort of major events, so to speak, in the industry this year, starting with some awards. First being that Into the Woods won the Grammy for Best Musical Cast Recording. Which I
0: called as soon as it came out. <laughs> oh, it's I was perfect. Convinced. It's, I was convinced it's as perfect. soon as it came out, I was like, this has to win the Grammy. I was obsessed with this idea from day one.
1: Well, congratulations to you for being right. Um, then English by Sanaz Tusi won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, which is super exciting. We love her. I haven't read the play and yet, but I want to. Or see it. Same and same. Uh, and then lastly, just the Tonys happened. Uh, Kimberly Akimbo won Best Musical and a bunch of other awards. Deservedly so. I love that show. We know that.
0: Leopold shot. As we talked about before, won Best Play.
1: It was a weird, weird acceptance speech, if I remember correctly. Like, they cut Tom Stoppard
0: off. (laughs) Like, it was really bizarre. The Tony Awards also, like, kind of made a wave because two non-binary performers won in their respective categories. Openly non-binary, I should say. For the first time, uh, Jay Harrison Gee won for Some Like It Hot. Alex Newell won for Shucked. And you love to see it. Yeah. It was great. We stand progress, I guess. Yes. (laughs) For revivals, Parade won Best Revival and Top Dog, Underdog won Best Play. Or Best Revival will play. And also, Tony Lifetime Achievements to John Cander and Jewel Gray. Love you guys. Yeah. Love you. Related to the Tony Awards briefly because you may have recalled that the Tony Awards went unscripted this year and that contributed to some weirdness. And that was because this was kind of a year of union talk. The year of labor. The year of labor. A couple things that was related to the Writers Guild of America strike um, that was ongoing at that time. Later in the summer, the Screen Actors Guild also went on strike. And so we kind of had this weird period where people were kind of wondering what was going to happen with the future of like TV and film and of course that did ripple out to theater you may have noticed but we're seeing a lot of like major TV film stars signing on for theater projects in the coming like right now and in the coming year and I don't think that that's a coincidence yeah the actors not being able to work on screen for a while definitely meant like they had time to take meetings and read through projects and think about a life outside of TV film. And yeah. so I think that that is really going to influence some of what we talk about next year in our end of year wrap up because we have sure. some there's, there's some really exciting star-studded shows coming down the pike.
1: One like already running is um Danny in the Deep Blue Sea yes. starring Aubrey Plaza. Exactly. And Christ- Christopher Abbott. <laughs> Speaking of Aubrey Plaza and Danny in the yes. Deep Blue Sea, just a quick little addition to our I guess major events in the theater industry if you want to
0: call it that is Aubrey Plaza being roommates with Patty Lapone. I mean and how obsessed with that I am <laughs> there's gotta be a joke at next year's Tony Awards I don't care that Aubrey Plaza is not in a Broadway show and I don't care that Patty Lapone gave up her equity card there needs to be a joke I, I can't wait for it now that we have writers writing the jokes again I'm obsessed. In addition to the WGA and uh, SAG strikes, Actors Equity actually authorized a strike back in April. You may have forgotten about it because it didn't end up happening. There's been a lot of chatter in AEA recently, and on like different levels of AEA, there was specifically there was specifically a lot of grievances with the touring contracts for a while yes, and, and that is what the strike authorization yes. had been about. Yes, and I know that um actors were actually going outside of their theaters in the c- cities that they were in handing out pamphlets and trying to let people know, you know, we're not being treated how we would like to be treated and if this happens your show will be canceled and things like that. But there's been a lot of talk on that front. I don't think it's gone away. I would agree with that. I think and we're going to see more next year.
1: I completely agree. And I also just to go back to what you were saying about um, the WGA and SAG strikes and how it left people sort of wondering what would happen with the industry. I would say we're still wondering. Yeah, because yeah we are. Technically, the SAG membership has not yet approved the negotiated contract. And so they just voted on it. Like just as we're recording this episode. Yeah, I think like the deadline was either yesterday or yes. today, but we don't we don't know yet what happened. And also the new SAG contracts, if the members ratify it, is only for two and a half years. Exactly. So this is gonna come back up real soon. Yep. And then lastly, for year of unions, is remember when Here Lies Love was opening, there was let's say, a kerfuffle of sorts around (laughs) them wanting to only use pre-recorded tracks and not hire musicians, and the Musicians Union with Local 802 had a big old problem with that, Mm -hmm. and the show ended up caving and hiring uh, musicians with a waiver for having a smaller band. My memory of it is that Local 802 has agreements with each Broadway theater. Like, based on the size of the theater, Mm -hmm. there is a minimum number of musicians that need to be employed for a musical production in that venue. And shows get waivers all the time for hiring under that minimum number of musicians but no one had ever hired zero musicians before and so that was
0: the problem well the other problem is that here lies love didn't even apply for the waiver at first is my understanding yes and they
1: went into rehearsals without that waiver approved and like Mm -hmm. just sort of plowing forward and the union was like hold up no 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 and they did end up hiring some musicians, which I think is a win. I think the union was in the right on that one. Yeah,
0: the union did what the union was is constructed to do. We love exactly. it. Exactly. In other news, on Broadway, finally, no one thought it would ever happen. Phantom of the Opera closed. Phantom of the Opera closed down on Broadway. It, it did is no need. more. The chandelier fell for the last time. All those jokes. And now the majestic is like getting a little bit of a facelift because thank God they haven't been able to do that in quite a while in our lifetimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the rumors that it's going to come back in a few years because this is essentially what happened on the West End—they closed it and then they brought it back with a smaller orchestra and, and like a smaller space and stuff like that. There's 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 rumors, but I think a lot of those rumors are started by the uh, fans. P-H-A-N-S themselves.
1: (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, I think there is certainly some merit to those rumors. Oh, I agree. I agree.
0: They're not baseless, we'll say. But now Andrew Lloyd Webber is also going around talking about how Broadway is, like terrible right because yeah bad
1: cinderella didn't do well yeah like, so i don't know if he bad, wants so to come sad. back here
0: at all who knows <sighs> um also bad cinderella discourse was a fun time there was like that was like a moment in new york city theater yeah. this year yeah 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 mm. <laughs> let's leave it there for sure
1: let's leave bad cinderella discourse in 2023
0: But also on our Patreon. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mmm. Off probably Sleep No More finally announced its closing. It opened in 2011 down in Chelsea. I actually saw it in the third week. I saw it in May of
1: 2012. Got it. Got myself a ticket for uh, my own college graduation present. Mm. And I haven't been back since. Same. I haven't been back because ticket prices skyrocketed. (laughs) Yes. And from what I hear... If you had a good experience the first time you saw it, you d- don't go back because really? okay. the um not because of anything like the performers are doing but just like the front of house ex- like the audience experience is just like a shit show. Mm. I recently saw someone posting about it who oh. who returned recently due to the casting or due to the closing announcement and um said that it seems like they're they raised the cap on like capacity Mm -hmm. so it's so painfully crowded to be in the audience and that every single scene and every single character is basically followed by a stampede of people gross and rooms are so full that like you can't even see the scene you've ended up at and you know things were already sloppy at the time because it's like part of it is that it's like they're getting you drunk while you do this. So it's like, Mm -hmm. well, apparently they're also like really strong arming people back to the bar now. I mean, I'm
0: sure they can't afford their rent. Like, I'm sure that's what this all comes back to. And also I've heard through the grapevine about like the rumors about the low pay and and. Oh, yeah. Not even grapevine. Yeah. Like just straight up. It's it's, like it's a non-union project. And it's a bad, bad workplace. Yeah. From what I've heard. That being said. I still think it's, like, a real artistic feat. Completely agree. Nothing we have said has been negative about the show. No, yeah, the show is (laughs) actually, like, a a really incredible experience, especially if you are a Shakespeare nerd or you are a Hitchcock nerd. You will get so much out of it. But, yeah, I think people are pretty stunned because it's been such a mainstay for the past 12 years, almost 13 years. Yeah, and there's some speculation
1: that they'll be bringing a different punch drunk production. Interesting.
0: I would be interested to see that, because this is the only punch drunk I've seen. But I know that, like, there's a lot of, um, a lot of Sleep No More, from what I understand. Like, you'll get a similar kind of experience in a really good way.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't heard that rumor. I have no idea how much validity there is to that, but it is something that I've heard. Interesting. All right. And then... Lastly, in New York City, theater news highlights for the years. This isn't really like a single news item. It's just that, like, Stephen Sondheim has had a pretty banner Mm -hmm. year posthumously. We've got Marilee. We've got Here We Are. We've got Sweeney.
0: We've got his townhouse selling for $7 million, which seems oddly low to me.
1: It does. And to a fan, which is exciting. But they are using it as like their primary residence, I saw. Interesting.
0: Yes. I guess my bid went ignored. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my bid of yeah. $300 and 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 a letter stating my case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I could have maybe I could have sold my wicked poster signed by Adina Menzel and that would have for $7 million. For $7 million. Well, that's a missed opportunity, truly I suppose. It is. Now I just have to make friends with this fan who bought the place anyway. Yeah. So Stephen, shout Stephen's out on to him. Steve. Shout out to Steve. We miss you. We miss you, buddy. Miss you, Steve. But uh, your first name basis, your legacy you know, it's chill. is alive and well.
1: Oh, and I mean, also we forgot. Like Company was running earlier this year was too. Earlier this year, that's right. You know, time is a flat again, circle. we Into forgotten. the
0: Woods again won the Grammy and, and closed was... in January. It won the Grammy. Into the Woods was touring around the country and like people ate it up people had a great time, you know. Do that. And then some news kind of outside of New York. There's been a lot of what we love to see in Lauren Halverson's newsletter called the Regional Theater Game of Thrones with artistic directors, um... Being replaced for various reasons, resigning for various reasons, things like that. Retiring Retiring. for just, like, normal reasons. One change that we wanted to shout out is that Nataki Garrett resigned from Oregon Shakespeare Festival earlier this year.
1: After facing disgusting Mm -hmm. pushback and complaints about her tenure as artistic director, receiving... Death threats, it,
0: it, truly disgusting shit. Yeah, so that is unfortunate to say the least. Deeply, especially because OSF, around the same time, I think I'm I'm trying to remember the exact timeline, but around the same time, they also announced a major fundraising campaign. It sounds like things mm-hmm. are pretty dire. Yes, so
1: pretty pretty dire over there. Um, so like all our love to OSF. Yeah,
0: and Nataki Garrett. So that was the conclusion of the saga that was Nataki Garrett's tenure at OSF, and that's really unfortunate. Yes.
1: On the note of like a bit of a scandal, so to speak, outside of New York, is the casting of Fanny Bryce in the Funny Girl National Tour. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of the discourse around the fact that a non-Jewish actress was cast as Fanny. I um, feel like really we're still doing this. And just a lot of a lot of frustration and disappointment yeah. surrounding that. Yeah. Uh, that we echo. Yeah. Over here. But that was a very, very big news story and a very big Mm -hmm. moment in theater discourse on the internet in 2023.
0: There was also, this happened like much earlier in the year. I wanna say like February, March, but there was a lot of discourse around people realizing that like audiences changed during the pandemic and not for the better, and it's started to really grate on a lot of people who work front of house and work directly with patrons at the theater. It escalated a lot from a piece that was published on Playbill by Margaret Hall, who talked to some ushers at Broadway theaters and then anonymized them and put their reflections of being, you know, physically harassed by patrons, verbally verbally abused abused by patrons. She put this all into an article and and how producers and theater owners were responding to these you know, concerns or not responding. And you might recall that the article was up for less than a day before it started really making the rounds and it got taken down. And I don't want to go too much into the politics of all of that, but it started a conversation and it started a conversation. It sure Not did. just here in New York, but like, I heard. I've also heard this regionally from from people I know who work at regional theaters, and like just really echoing the sentiments of like audiences are doing some really despicable things. Um, if you go to see a Broadway show now or anything with a playbill that's officially published by Playbill, you will see that they've inserted a note about being courteous to everyone around you. <laughs> We didn't need that pre-pandemic. We shouldn't need I it mean, now. But listen, we, are.
1: we like... Arguably maybe did need it pre pandemic, Mm. but it was it has still gotten notably worse. It has gotten notably
0: worse. I also liked just the fact that people were really taking an eye to the situation that front of house and ushers are often put into because like, oh my god, the stories I could tell you from even the pre pandemic days. Oh yeah, it shit gets messy. I was just like hanging out one night. I think I was seeing the show, maybe, I don't even know, and my friend comes out and goes, she's house managing a musical, and goes, I apparently have to ask a patron at intermission to stop touching another patron's hair. Like, they don't know each Cute. other. She's just touching her hair. <laughs> it was insane. Anyway. That's normal. Yeah. Just normal human interaction. Totally normal. Anyway, some of the, the topics that came up this year... Some of, in, the, some of the hot topics. The hot topics that came up this year in the quote-unquote American theater.
1: Yes. A last section, we've got a rapid fire of theater-related
0: items in pop culture at large. Yeah, things that we just wanted to to chat about that um, emerged this year in kind of larger American culture that have roots in the theater. First off, Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater, it's a thing. And they're making the Wicked movie, but somehow that has uh, diminished in relation to the story of their relationship. And
1: you know what? Even diminished so much that uh, we forgot to mention it <laughs> in our own Wicked 20th anniversary episode. So, hey, the Wicked movie is a thing, it is a thing. that is happening. Mm-hmm. There was a Newsies Day, Newsies
0: theme day on the WGA strike picket line yeah um i saw videos of it it looked really really fun of course newsy's originally a movie but has been a broadway musical and and has that's really boosted the popularity of the movie as well um and obviously is about striking workers yeah we had a couple musical kind of moments and some like movies that really made a splash this year i'm specifically thinking of barbie which is not quite I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um not necessarily a musical, but had musical numbers that really enhanced the story. Yes. Loved it. And I love that Ryan Gosling is like nominated for a Grammy now. Like what? <laughs> anyway. Obsessed. um, And I also wanted to shout out the Marvels, because not only do they have a scene where the main characters go to a planet where you have to sing to be understood, like if you were talking normally, you wouldn't be understood, but put a melody on it, and they'll get, they'll understand what you're saying. But there's also a really funny moment that ties in Andrew Lloyd Webber's cats. I'm not going to say any more than that in case you're planning to see the Marvels. No, you can't
1: say any more than that, or you'll risk starting another pandemic. <laughs> the Cats movie in December of 2019 cost the pandemic, didn't you know?
0: Don't you don't you know you can, tempt, you can tempt fate? So in terms of movies that came out this year, most of the musical movies that we saw were animated. Um, Wish just came out, the new Disney movie that's in celebration of Disney 100. That's our Broadway favorite, Ariana DeBose. Um, the Little Mermaid remake came out, and that involved Lin-Manuel Miranda and David Diggs. Dick's the musical has been making the rounds. Which I, I need I to really see. I really want to see it. I didn't realize it came out so long ago. I'm wondering if it's still in theaters. Might need to rent it. For those who have it. no
1: idea, it is um, based, it's, it's these two guys, Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp. This, and this movie is essentially an offshoot, an ongoing sketch series, sketch show that they did at UCB. For years, called fucking identical twins, and I have heard, listened to the two of them give be on so many podcasts and give so many interviews about *Dicks* the musical, and I just like. I need to see yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it looks amazing and it's getting amazing reviews. And it. I think it's also A24's first musical movie, which, like, big A24 stand here. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, we're also getting the color purple later this month. I'm really excited. I've actually never seen it on stage. Oh. And the cast, I'm behind it. I'm, I'm here for okay. it. So, I'm really excited for it. I also wanted to shout out, in terms of musical movies, anyone who saw the Taylor Swift era's concert movie saw the trailer for journey to bethlehem which is a new musical movie about the birth of jesus using contemporary musical theatery songs and like yes i'm intrigued no i won't see it but yes i'm intrigued and i also want to know who did the songs because it was actually really catchy in the trailer and of course we are also getting a pro shot in movie theaters soon of Waitress. This weekend, Waitress with Sarah Bareilles in the lead of Jenna. So we're really pumped for that.
1: I'm so excited that that
0: got filmed, that it's getting released. We also wanted to shout out the movies Bernstein, which is coming out.
1: Um, yeah,
0: I'd I'm be
1: remiss to shout that out without also uh noting. That Bradley Cooper's prosthetic nose is heinously offensive, Yeah. and that Leonard Bernstein didn't look like that. And the next um, theater adjacent—this is even this is more than theater adjacent—movie that came out this year is Theater Camp. So teaser for all of you, Alex and I, for our December bonus episode on Patreon coming out later this month, probably like right before Christmas. We are going to be doing an episode where we watch Theater Camp and discuss, break it down, react. Yeah. And we know that this is about 5 months late, but we think it'll be really fun and a fun way to end close out the year. And once again, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com/partialviewpod. This uh, Theater Camp episode will only be available to paid patrons. Mm -hmm. Yep. And joining starts at $5 a month. Uh,
0: The one last thing we wanted to shout out is that the Gilded Age came back. And I'm so happy. They filmed it over a year ago, and it is just now back. They're in the middle of their second season. Is this show good? Absolutely not. Do I watch every (laughs) episode as soon as it comes out? Absolutely It's riveting in some ways, and then you just laugh at it in other ways.
1: You know, there was... I was just listening to someone talk about it on a podcast, and it is the first time I've ever actually been interested in watching it, because they just talked about it in... I guess previously, most of the discussion I'd heard around the Gilded Age was basically just like, It's bad, but Audra McDonald oh no there's other things wasn't enough for me it was like or or it was but this time i heard it discussed i've heard how campy it Mm -hmm. is discussed more Um, in a way that has now intrigued me um
0: yeah i mean it was basically made in a lab for me because i (laughs) love talking about early 20th century american society especially the gilded age in new york and it has like so many amazing Broadway actors. I mean, talk about Audra McDonald. Yes, but Christine Baranski, Thea yeah. Nixon, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Patrick Page is on this season. He was on it a little bit last season as well. Like, yeah, the cast is stacked. Also, for those of you who do not know, this is a fun tidbit for you. The Gilded Age was originally supposed to be a prequel to Downton Abbey about Cora coming up in early 20th century New York as a debutante. Oh, Yeah, so I've been on board with this show since I heard about it in that context in like 2013. Like I've been I was waiting for this show for about a decade. So I guess me. OG, Gilded Age stand (laughs) You're like, I guess me, I knew. Like I knew. I will never stop looking at the clothes and just like melting. They're so pretty. Tune into the Gilded Age for some theater folks. Uh, Sundays on HBO. I actually don't know when the season's ending, but I think when this when our podcast episodes comes out, it will. There will still be a few episodes left, and um, whatever, just like binge the season. Yeah, I'm I'm crossing my fingers for season three. I don't know about anyone else, but I am. So, did we solve? American Theater in 2023, Danielle?
1: God, no. We we tried. <laughs> We've got some work to do in 2024. We tried so hard,
0: <laughs> but we got tired. It's been a tiring year. It's been a really exhausting year. Thank you all so much for weathering the storm that was 2023 with both of us. We appreciate everything. Your listenership, your comments on social media. um, You, you know liking commenting subscribing all that good stuff following we appreciate it more than you ever know and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and new year
1: we've got some really cool shit coming in 2024 like we we met this past weekend and hammered some stuff out and y'all We're excited. It's going to be
0: good. It's going to be good. And but sincerely, we wouldn't do this if we didn't have listeners. So thank you to all of our listeners.
1: Yes. Including we were looking at the analytics.
0: We don't know who you are in Germany, but hello to our German listeners. Yeah, I have no idea. And I'm so intrigued. If you're in Germany and you're listening to our podcast, please email us, comment, like DM us, let us know, because like, we just admire you. (laughs) yeah we're so curious how you found us are you are you American expats who are you (laughs) solve the mystery for us solve the mystery (laughs) of the Germans alright we have officially lost it And uh, I think it's time that we say goodbye to 2023 and look on forward to 2024.
1: It's really unfortunate that we're doing this and it's December 5th and we're saying like goodbye to the year right now on the podcast. But we still have another like 26 days of it. it.
0: Don't think about it too closely. We'll see you all (laughs) next year. (laughs) See you next year. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Any opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and do not reflect
0: the views of our or our guests' employers or clients. For more of our opinions and other theater related content, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and pretty much everywhere else at Partial View Pod. You can also find and support us on Patreon. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Fetter and on Instagram at DanielleFetter. Follow me there. And I tweet and post pictures of my theater programs and books at Alexandra D-L-E-Y. Till next time. Bye.